We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. You know, just when you think that things are going to start to slow down, we're going to be kind of in playoff mode. Okay, everybody kind of hunker down for the final stretch. Rumors are going to be a little bit sparse. Can always rely on my Lakers to provide a fresh batch of, <laughs> of rumors and drama for us to dive into here. So we are going to talk a bit about what's going on with the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, their front office. We've got a few other things to talk about. The return of Kevin Durant. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some trades that might be being looked at, things of that nature, all kinds of stuff to get into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, Jake Fisher, our, our buddy with the Bleacher Report had quite a bit on the Lakers and their situation. And I guess we might as well just start with Russell Westbrook. And what Jake Fisher says is that there is mutual interest, not just the Lakers being interested, but mutual interest in the Lakers and Russell Westbrook parting ways this offseason. Sounds like Russ has not had the best time wearing purple and gold. So, I mean, on one hand, not a surprise, but maybe a little bit more urgency than we had even thought for a move to be made with Russ. Yeah, what's funny is that, you know, I kind of would love it if, if this became a public thing, the Lakers like, it'd be very easy to part ways, decline your player option. You can go wherever you want, mm. right? Like no. it, clearly that's not going to be how this goes. And I'm being very petty uh, with that, but yeah, it's, I, yeah. Right. I mean, okay. <laughs> like it, it was, it was, I think closer at the trade deadline than we really maybe gave mm -hmm. credit to that they, they at least talked enough different options that there was something there, right? We, we've heard too many versions of trade talks from too many people that all kind of align that, that makes sense. So yeah, I, it, it makes sense to me. I think Russ wants to go somewhere where, um, I almost said it said he can be more appreciated, but that's not the right way to phrase it. Um, just somewhere where he can kind of do more mm -hmm. of his thing. Right. And not, not have to be a, you know, third guy when everybody's healthy and those kind of things and, and all that. And, and if you're the Lakers, yeah, hundred percent, I'd like to, you know, go a different direction here. It's th this getting this right is going to be really important. I, I think I've said it before on the show, but it's worth repeating. I'd rather see them break that yeah. up into two, three, four contracts if they can, um, if they can, right? If you if you can't, then you know maybe two or I right, take on one contract and see where it goes. Um, 
I think it might have been floated mm-hmm. in that piece. I, I don't remember, but I've heard it seen it around the timeline of could yeah. they just wave and stretch Westbrook? I mean, you're finally Lou Aldang's money comes off the books. You don't need know. 15 plus million sitting on the books, right? It's so funny. I think that was one of the first things like you and I bonded over, right? When we <laughs> That's were right. Lou Aldang. Uh, doing <laughs> Le- yeah, Le- LeBron cap like math to how they were going to get them. And, and it was like, we got to, you know, count in Lou Aldang's five million in there. Um, but it was, yeah, it was um I it's fifteen million on the books over the next three years. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. That's that's bad. At worst, you write out the contract, mm-hmm. you know, do a John Wall and say, you're not gonna play. You're just gonna sit, you know, and go go there if you have to. Don't put, you know, fifteen million dollars, fifteen million plus a year on your books over the next three seasons. That's just not worth it. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. I also had to do some math, uh just educational portion of the front office show. Um you can't stretch a contract if it's gonna be the stretched amount is for more than fifteen percent of the oh. salary cap. Uh, in a given season, and it does slide in under that. Uh, under the projection next year is 121 million, so that's roughly 18 million. So it would slide in under that. For you know, uh, poops and giggles, I, I, what if they did that with Kendrick Nunn too? Yeah, you could slide in there, but now you're talking, you know, 17 million dollars mm-hmm. on your books for the next three seasons, which is just that that's not smart. Not no. Like so it. Ron Gutterman, who does stuff for us here too on the the front office show, and I went over this for Lakers Nation today, and we talked all about what would be the benefits of doing something like that. You free up a little bit of room in order to maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable using your mm-hmm. full taxpayer or non taxpayer your your full mid level exception this summer and then that changes the targets maybe you know maybe you're able to retain a malik monk or something like that but i'd have to imagine that that would not be the first option for the lakers not only is it not great just from a franchise perspective just from a cap perspective but optics wise too which maybe doesn't matter that much at this point but but optics wise you just gave up stuff to get this guy and now you're literally paying him to go play basketball somewhere else that's that's not great either so Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that's the way they I'll go. also say mm-hmm. one thing too just to to make sure we're clear on this. If it's 31 people think of it as that turns into 31 32 million dollars of cap space it it doesn't because you still have LeBron and AD on your books for a combined what is it 81 million or whatever it is. Um then you've got Talon Horton Tucker that's 10 million. You're, you're basically right at the cap given you would then have your full mid-level exception and those kind of things. So you're not going to just do this and turn this into a, you know, all right, now we're in a spot where we've got 30 million in cap space. That's not how this works. I'll tell you, and you mentioned the Luol Dang thing, which is, I, I've literally been asked for years by Lakers fans, when when does Luol Dang come off the books? And I, I have a reminder <laughs> on my calendar and everything. Luol Dang is off the books. You know, it's on July 1st. Um, and so then for the Lakers to turn around and add 15 million, almost 16 million of dead money for the next three seasons. Oh, yeah. that would, that would be rough. But let me ask you this though, before, cause we do need to move on, but it, I think it does change things a little bit. If Russ also wants out, because then you're going to have Russ, you're going to have his agent. They're going to be sure. looking around for moves as well. Canvassing the league. I think it just changes the dynamic a little bit in terms of seeking out a trade from the front office perspective. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, this this kind of turns into a it's a much more souped up mm-hmm. version of what Boston did last year when they traded Kemba Walker. You're you're looking for a, an Al Horford type of player who can come back. That's a, a lesser player, older. Maybe you feel like all right, if we get him in here, we can get 
let him bounce back and anger that's clearly worked out very well for the Celtics uh, this season. But yeah, that is a, that that's the kind of thing you're looking for here in a rush trade. If you're going to have to take back a big contract and then you're getting a team that feels like, Hey, you know, maybe we get Russ and you know, maybe it'll work for us and maybe we can go this direction or maybe the team's just pivoting in a completely different direction. It wouldn't surprise me then if, right. Cause we've talked about it. They can mm-hmm. move to first round picks uh, once, once we flip to the off season it wouldn't surprise me if they say, "All right, we'll move a pick in a you know deal to to move his contract along somewhere while also yeah. taking some players back." That that wouldn't be a huge shock because I think you're looking at it as we'd rather just yeah. reset everything and we'll deal with the lack of a pick down the line if we have. Speaking to. of resetting everything, it sounds and this is not a surprise at all. Within, according to the Jake Fisher piece. Uh, within coaching circles, nobody's expecting Frank Vogel will be back with the Lakers next season, which I, we talked about yep. this last offseason when they only gave him a one-year extension. Regardless of how this season went, the writing was kind of on the wall. A one-year extension for a coach is not much of a vote of confidence. So that that part is not a surprise at all. They did mention that the Lakers are probably looking for a veteran head coach. Again, nothing surprising there. Not, not a whole lot for us to sink our teeth into, but also mentioned that Rob Polinka could potentially be on the hot seat. Now, I would be a little bit surprised if they move on because he's so firmly entrenched in the Lakers and has the support of Jeannie Buss and all of that. But interesting to note that perhaps when you look at his record, it hasn't been as all that great in terms of the moves that he's made. So we could be looking at not just a Westbrook trade, not just a roster overhaul, not just a coaching change, but we could see a fairly significant change within the Lakers front office as well as a result of this mess of a season. Yeah, I, I I think everything's pretty much on the table minus mm-hmm. LeBron and AD. I, I, I think there's nothing else that I would look at and be like, whoa, that's a major surprise. If, you know, the current member of this team uh, from front office through through the coaching staff, through the playing roster, uh, wasn't there next year other than LeBron and AD, I would, wouldn't be overly surprised. I, I think it, it's we're heading to a point where we're leading to this inevitable breakup at some point. Now it's funny because I've had a couple people say in my life, like they just mm-hmm. won a championship two years ago. Well, two things in the NBA that might as well have been 10 years ago. And in current times, it might as well have been two decades ago. Like just the way it feels yeah. like the world is right. It feels like every week is an hour plus or every week is two years. Um, I also think too, and this is where I'm going to play into the, you know, some franchises are different. That's great. You won a championship two years ago. What are you mm-hmm. doing now? Right. And that's where Lakers Celtics, uh, I almost said Knicks, but no, like they'd like to be in that mix. Um, with that Warriors, right Lakers now. Celtics bulls sure. to some extent warriors right now. Yeah. Those, those franchises just operate different where it is, you know, all right, we, we gotta, you know, go. Whereas, you know, if you're a, you know, smaller market, yeah, you might live off of, you know, one title for, you know, a number of years and feel pretty good about it. Um, so yeah, it does, does change the kind of the calculus of the way you run an organization. So I'm, I'm not surprised. I've seen some, you know, reports out there of, you know, then does it become uh, one of the members of clutch, you know, is rumored to be somebody that, that could take over the Lakers and that starts to get yeah kind of messy now we've seen the agent to front office transition a lot over the years um bob myers did it neil o'shea did it uh, leon rose now running the um 
the uh, Knicks, uh, the Pistons. He, he was more on the business side, mm-hmm. but um, Arne Tellum uh, took over and ran a good chunk of the Pistons operation. So we have seen it. It just gets into a whole now, boy, now you're really mixing uh, you know, business, pleasure, family, friends, however you want to work it. It's all getting you know mixed in there a little too much for me where that gets to be a uh, pretty tanky. Yeah, the, the Lakers have long relied on sort of the family tree, essentially, in terms of whenever they're going to fill a position. They mm-hmm. find somebody that they already know. Somebody that they already know, That's and so that's yep. where the name got, got thrown out there, Omar Wilkes, who's Jamal Wilkes' kid, that that – that got put in there because he's high up in clutch sports right now. And maybe there's a connection there, but yep. I thought, I thought, and just as you know, behind the curtain or whatever, Jake Fisher did a really nice job of explaining why of, of saying, first of all, just being forthright and saying, but I'm getting conflicting information on this. Some people are saying it's, it's not, that's not the case. And then explaining why, because there's this interagency yeah. battle or between agencies battle and, and that he might, some of yep. the, the info he's getting may have had an ulterior motive. And so I thought he, he did a nice job of explaining why that might be the case. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely. I do wonder if you were the Lakers, like, and I, and I know there's history there with the way things ended, but like, I, I gotta wonder, would there ever be a point where they would be like, Hey, Pat Riley, what would it take to come back? But the problem is, I don't think Pat Riley wants to do the day to day running of the team. You know, not that he doesn't, isn't heavily involved in the heat. But I think it is there. There's a lot of other people there that do a lot more of the stuff. And then Pat Riley kind of comes in. We, we've heard all the stories, right? He comes in and dumps his championship rings on the table and kind of says, you want one of these? You know, come on here and join us. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of closes things out. He's you know clearly uh, done a very good job there. But, yeah, I, I do kind of wonder at times, you know, where could you go? I mean, we heard rumors that the Celtics. When it was Danny Ainge might be leaving, maybe making a run yeah. at Sam Presti. You know, if you're the Lakers, would hey, you do something LeBron like that? Likes him. You know, it's, I mean, I said LeBron likes him, that? right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, LeBron's a fan. Um, you know, I mean, LeBron might want, uh, what's the Rams guy, <laughs> Les Sneed, to come over to. He's a fan of him, apparently, as well. Um, the reality is, there's only 30 of these mm-hmm. jobs anyway. If one of the 30 is the Lakers, they're not going to have a real hard time filling it with a really, really good person to run the show there. It's just, you know, that's the reality of it. All right. If you guys want more on the Lakers topics, the general manager situation, Russell Westbrook, the trade possibilities there, 
Ron Gutterman and I, we went way in depth over on the Lakers Nation channel. Over the course of two videos, we spent almost 40 minutes breaking down all of the things and all the intricacies within the Lakers. So if you want a deep dive there, go check that out over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. But let's, well, kind of move on. Le LeBron. That's a, that's front office show length of uh, detail, man. I'm, 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 I'm bleeding I'm over telling to you, man. It's to tell you, we get together and we start talking. <laughs> and I told him as soon as we finished, I'm like, dude, we just spent... We just spent like 40 minutes talking about these two stories. He's like, that's that's what happens when we start talking Lakers. You, you never know. Yeah. Yes. And it's it, big stuff, right? I mean, this isn't a – you didn't spend 40 no. minutes on DJ August. And no. When you and a lot of it was I'm sure. know, breaking down, okay, so, what what does this contract look like? What would this mean? And, you know, there's yeah, – you know. We get we get into the, mm -hmm. into the weeds. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah LeBron, yeah. last night after the loss to the Dallas Mavericks, mentioned that he's not shutting things down on the season or anything. There's been some talk about – you know, should LeBron just kind of pack it up, bubble wrap himself, and then get ready for next season? So he's no plans to do that. Not a surprise. Some people will point and say, well, he wants to chase Kareem's record. How big of a factor that is, I don't I don't know. But we also heard that there's some within the Lakers organization that still feel like, hey, if we if AD gets healthy and we have LeBron and AD, there's still a puncher's chance in the playoffs, which probably isn't incorrect. It's not likely that they go far based on what yeah. we've seen, but you know, I I don't think that LeBron's shutting down. If if they had say a top ten protected pick that would go back to them, okay, maybe there's some incentive to to shut him Different down. But that's story. that's not the yep. case. Yep. Yeah. In, in I mean, the reality is, LeBron's not going to go out there and play you know selfish like throwing up every shot, never passing basketball. But I have no problem if LeBron's like, hey, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to continue to put up 25, 30 points a night and continue to close in on on history and. To me, that's making the most of a lost season to some extent. You might as well, yeah. right? There's, it's not going to hurt anything, you know. And it, 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 yeah, if it turned into, uh, you know, LeBron is uh, going full, uh, you know, world be free here to dip back into a guy from when I was learning the game who just would fire shots from everywhere. It was maybe the most selfish player I've ever seen. That would be a whole different story. Then it'd be like, all right, come on, now you're turning it into a joke. But if he goes out and just keeps doing what he's doing, and you know continues to close in on the scoring record why not and from a lakers perspective the reason why like i would be okay with this with him continuing to do that and some people roll their eyes and say oh he just wants the record he's a free agent as of right now maybe it changes this summer but as of right now he's a free agent in 2023 he's on pace to pass kareem abdul jabbar for the all-time scoring record next season now obviously mm -hmm. health plays a huge role in that but sure if he say shuts it down this season and then suddenly there's an injury next season you increase the chances that he passes that that record, which would be a massive moment in the NBA, wearing someone else's jersey. Now, and again, maybe yep. he has it in his head that he's going to stay the, with the Lakers for the next five years. I don't know, but I I think the preference would be from a Lakers perspective that if that's going to happen, it happens while he's wearing a Lakers jersey. So, I agree. Yep. All right, moving on. Now let's talk let's about, talk a, different about a different team. Let's talk about <laughs> your Celtics favorite team, at least as of last night, the Hawks. Bogdan Bogdanovich says they, <laughs> they forgot how to win basketball games. Um, if you watched, uh, sorry yeah. to bring them up again. If you watched the last seven minutes of Lakers Mavs, you would say the same thing about the Los Angeles Lakers, who scored four points in that stretch. Um, but the Hawks have been struggling and obviously haven't been what we thought they would be this season. And the Celtics certainly helped them look 
not great. It really looked like the Hawks kind of ran out of ideas. And part of that is the Celtics defense has been fantastic. And when they really turned it on, Atlanta got pretty lost out there. Yeah, I mean, just to, to give a quick rundown, the, the Hawks didn't score for the first three minutes of the game, but right before they got their first basket, Jalen Brown went out. He sprained his ankle on a play. It looked like it was a lot worse. It was a non-contact play. He just stepped super awkwardly as he was going up for a, for a layup. He took kind of like a real wide step. I think he was kind of caught between a Euro step and a straight step. And he um, and he went down, looked like it was really bad. Thankfully, it's only a sprained ankle. Uh, the same, you know, he'll miss Thursday night's game against the Grizzlies, but then he'll be back. And then the Celtics kind of looked like they were a little shell-shocked and didn't know what to do and were kind of trying to figure things out. And the Hawks had a 14-point halftime lead. After halftime, Atlanta scored 33 points, shot 33% from the field, and only like two have seen from three, and they did not miss open shots either. Boston was on everything that they were trying to do. They really locked in. Uh, if if you if you're a fan of defense and if you like switching defense that's super connected and playing on a string, uh, go watch the second half of that game because the Celtics. It was a you know that's one I think you might have some coaches using as coaches tape uh, for other teams, and it's that's what they envisioned, right? That's what Brad Stevens tried to build was this team that can switch one through five and everybody can hold their own and, and off they go. And it, and, and they, they really do. Cause the other thing is even when a guy like Peyton Pritchard's out there is like six foot one inch point guard, they'll switch him. If he's covering Trey young on a Clint Capella, cause they trust they can scram mm -hmm. him out of it backside by bringing in, whether it be Williams or Horford or Grant Williams, or even Tatum uh, into the, those possessions and, and just live with it. So it's, it, 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 it was pretty good, but yeah, for the Hawk side, they're yeah. just not the same team that they were a year ago. And it's it's one of those things where you kind of wonder, you know, was was that the, the year, right? Did they peak? And is that the best that's ever going to be for them? I kind of think they're, they're a sneaky team yeah. to watch this summer uh, because – they're getting to be very expensive. Um, I think, you know, that that's a story that's not being really covered enough uh, with them is they've got a lot of money on the books um, already for next season that they project to be before they kind of do anything else about uh, seven million or so over the tax line. Now they can waive Danilo Gallinari, but that's waiving a productive player. Um, you know, and then you got to replace them, but they're, they're, they're tough and why they're there, right? New deal for John Collins. They signed a bunch of free agents, but then, uh, they have over 50 million in contract extensions kicking in for Trey Young and Kevin Herter next year. So it's, it's, you know, it's not the wrong path because those guys are all good players, but there's going to be changes coming. To the they, Hawks. they spent last summer feeling pretty good about what they had accomplished and thinking, mm -hmm. okay, this is, this is it moving forward. Let's go. And rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry. Two summers two, ago. Two summers ago. <laughs> but yeah, it it, does. I know it all runs at, at together. At this point, feels, at this point it does. But, yeah. but they felt pretty yeah. good about their future, and rightfully so. And now this season, may, they may be yeah. questioning that. In the East you know? Finals. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens there. Yep. Um, let's get into Devin Booker, who unfortunately is now entering health and safety protocols. Um, yeah, that's, Already that's missing Chris tough. Paul. Fortunately, fortunately, the Suns still have a nice cushion in the Western conference. So I don't think they're going to slide too far, but I mean, we'll see how long Booker is out. Cause he's been their main ball handler without Chris Paul. So now, yep. now they're really going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. Now they've been, 
like you said, fortunate and have a nice cushion. They built that six and a half game lead and the Warriors have also lost two in a row. So they have not, have not made up any ground on them. So the Suns should be fine. They've only got 21 games to play uh, with that six and a half game lead. So I think they're going to be fine to finish at the top of the conference. And unless Devin Booker gets a, you know, really bad case of COVID, he's probably out for a week mm-hmm. to 10 days, right? At most. Um, and it could be one of those where it comes back and it's like, hey, it was a false positive or it was just a close, close uh, contact. what is a close contact case or whatever. And they, they go from there. So yeah, I, I think, I think everything will be fine for Phoenix, but just something I'm going to have to get through for, for the next little bit. They've got Portland tonight. So uh, the, the, the Portland, uh, Portland prominently figuring into the Western conference pillow fight for the uh, last play. So spot. right after now the NBA made the decision that Thursday night, no, thank you. We do not want to see the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat, or I guess TNT <laughs> probably made this decision. We do not want to see the Brooklyn Nets and the, and the Miami Heat. Uh, instead, we're going to watch the Grizzlies and the Celtics, which, by the way, I'm excited about that matchup. It's going to be fantastic. But in part, sure. the Nets injury situation probably was a factor. And now, it, and yes, they're at home. that too. But now, welcome back, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Durant. He's going to be playing against the Miami yeah. Heat on Thursday night. So first, I mean, just great players healing up, returning to the floor, always something we want to see. But ironic in the wake of that game being the one that got bumped off of the schedule for, for national television. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, really starting tonight as we're recording this on Wednesday night. So hopefully you listen to this before game start. The Heat have a tricky two-game road trip now. They they go to Milwaukee, so that's a test. And then they're going to go to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant uh, back. Ben Simmons, still no no word on when he may play. Kyrie Irving, obviously, will out, uh, because it's a home game uh, for the Nets. But yeah, I mean, little test for Miami here on back-to-back. Uh, and that's not, that's not a... It's not like a super far trip, but that's also not one of these, you know, uh, you know, LA to Phoenix trips either, where it's, you know, you're you're right there or anything like that, or a, you know, a Boston to New York trip or anything. So, uh, I'm very curious to see how the Heat come through. I'll be, you know, definitely checking out a good chunk of both of those games. All right, should be an exciting one to one to watch. But uh, Zion Williamson, let's jump to that. So the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, uh, Pelicans announced that he is showing improvement and soon to progress to basketball activity, but still no return timeline. I mean, progressing to basketball activity, that's great, but we're really running out of space here, running out of time here in the season. I'm at a point where I'm, even if he's returning to basketball activity soon, I don't, don't, does he get back in time? Do they put, do they bother putting him back out there if there's a couple weeks left in the season? Hey, the only way I see it is if this mm-hmm. is a Paul George situation where it's we want to get him a couple confidence games in and feeling good about getting into uh you know getting into um you know next season, maybe. Now it looks like they're gonna be right in that play-in race all the way through. I mean that they're right now they're leading. Well, I guess they're tied with the Blazers, but they must have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. so they're ahead of Portland. Um yeah, I mean, maybe you bring them back for that reason, you know, if you really feel like it. But they're clearly not going to do anything mm-hmm. unless he's 100% ready to go. And I just, like you said, we're running out of time here. I mean, they, they didn't say, right, when the next update would be, if I remember correctly. Right. Um. Yeah, just that's, you know, he will gradually progress to full weight-bearing exercise and basketball activities. 
Yeah, that tells me that's probably, what, another two weeks before we get to that point. And then, yeah, I, I don't think he plays this year, would be my guess. So last year, we got play-in tournament gold, essentially, because you got, the NBA got Lakers versus Warriors in, in the play-in, right? And, that mm-hmm. was, and it was a close game all the way down the stretch, everything. So that was like the ideal scenario for the NBA. The ideal NBA scenario right now, at least for the Western Conference, is Zion returns and you get LeBron versus Zion. And then, <laughs> and then oh, yeah. the Lakers survive and the Clippers lose to the Wolves in the 7-8 spot and you get Lakers versus Clippers, loser goes home in the in the play yeah. that that is the the dream scenario for the nba as far as the play-in tournament goes yeah i completely agree yeah that's what you want to have and i mean that's the play-in tournament has kind of become must watch right because it's as close to in the nba as we get to, to mm-hmm. march madness right so it really kind of kind of turns into uh you know a thing where we're yeah i, I i'm with you yeah let's go you know i mean i Considering I have very little rooting interest in that, I want the games to be as fun and interesting as possible. So, you know, yeah, let's go. It's funny. I've even seen some people saying, you imagine if the Pelicans knock the Lakers out and then the Lakers move up just enough that their pick goes to the Pelicans. Like that would be, you know, what a side plot that would be, right, to, to that whole story. The tangled web we weave here in the, in the NBA. <laughs> That's um, it. We are going to do – I should use that. Uh, we'll do, do a little uh, – uh, you know, teaser here. We're going to do a show maybe tomorrow. We'll, we'll try to work it in if it's a lighter news day on uh, where all the picks that have protections attached to them stand uh, right now going into to everything down the stretch because there's a lot of picks that are uh, potentially changing hands this year and uh, this, this upcoming NBA draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to uh, the New York Knicks. There's a report out there that the Knicks uh, teams around the NBA are not sure that the Knicks have enough pieces in order to trade for a star this off season. And obviously this season has not gone according to plan. So maybe a big move could shake things up. But when you look at what the Knicks have, you know, we're looking at Evan Fournier and Julius Randle, Kemba Walker's contract, mm-hmm. RJ Barrett's, you know, still a young player, but what do you think? I mean, are, are the Knicks, I guess first, should the Knicks really be trying to target a star right now? Is that the best path forward for them? And then do they have the, the assets or the firepower to get that done? I guess it depends on the mm-hmm. star. If it's an aging star, like let, let's play the game. Let's say Damian Lillard says he, he wants out. No, like, I don't think that makes a lot of sense for the Knicks necessarily. I don't know that that's where I would want to be giving up everything it would take to get Damian Lillard. Um, if it was, man, it's tough because of the injury stuff, but I was going to say, if it was Zion, I'm probably more inclined to say, yeah, go mm-hmm. get him, right? And see, see what you could build. Wouldn't it be weird if they then kind of flipped and went all in to go get Zion? after they traded away Chris Porzingis in a very similar-ish uh-huh. circumstance um, there. But the reality is they do have all their own picks, so that gives you a lot of options, right, because you can start doing picks and swaps and everything uh, as far as seven years out. They do have an extra Dallas pick coming their way, but it's top 10 protected for a few years before it comes to them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we got to assume Dallas is probably going to be in the top uh, you know, are the 10 best teams in the league moving forward as long as they have Luca, or at least in that range. So that pick doesn't look like it's going to be very good um, there. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things where as I look at it, I get where they're coming from. There's just not a you're, – you're not sitting on that 
superstar young kid who's like, all right, he just needs a chance to blow up. There's a, they, they don't even have a Shea Gilgis Alexander type where it's like, yeah, this guy can be the centerpiece of a trade along with a bunch of picks that delivers you, you know, Paul George, if you're the Clippers in that case. So yeah, I do, I do think it's a little, uh, going to be a little hard for them to, to make moves. Good news is none of their contracts yeah. are bad, right? So you, you could start to, you know, you could put three, four of them together and go get somebody. It, it's funny. Cause I know I'm sure the wheels are turning. Like, Hey, I mean, they look like a natural. I was just going to say that. <laughs> right. But just don't do it. New York. Don't do don't it. Tell them that Keith, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on no <laughs> sorry that's, that's the team that that's the team that a lot of lakers fans do point to well maybe they would want russ and i keep saying that's that's the knicks of a few years ago are, are doing are doing that yeah. move and yep. we gave them so much credit for not doing stuff like that in the last last season starting really uh i don't know that they go back to to doing stuff like that but but we'll see we'll see what happens there with them yeah uh last thing we've got uh, the 76ers this offseason are expected to pursue a trade with Tobias Harris. Um, I guess let's get into why cap wise. Why would you? Well, there's your Knicks there's guy. there it is. There, there's the next guy. Actually, there it is. bring him home. So, Can I say yeah. something real quick? There was a point when uh, two seasons ago when Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris were free mm-hmm. agents where that was like that was very much believed to be the Knicks like plan wow. was a Kemba Walker, Tobias Harris, bring them both home, you know, build, build the, the team around them. And, uh, I mean, they kind of got Kemba in the end, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, that I don't think would have gone all that well. No. You might not even have gotten last year's, uh, fun, uh, playoff appearance, but yes, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Too. I was just going to say that, uh, Ron Gutterman, who does some stuff here for us here at the, the front office show is going to be doing an in-depth breakdown of some different potential landing yep. spots for, and one of them is, is the Knicks for, uh, for Tobias Harris. So we'll see what, what he comes up with there in terms of landing spots for them. But why are the, why would the 76ers look to move off of Tobias Harris? Uh, it's contractual, obviously, because his production hasn't been quite what they hoped it would be this season, uh-huh. but still in terms of being kind of a rangy, switchy, big wing. I mean, he's, essentially his skill set is what a lot of teams are looking for in a player. Just his efficiency isn't quite there, at least not this season. Yeah, that's it. He needs a lot of touches to kind of get going. And if you're building a Harden and Bead centric roster, there's just not a lot more touches to go around. You ideally, I think now, if you're the Sixers, you want to fill out that roster with one secondary creator. Mm -hmm. That's Tyrese Maxey. You have that guy. Then shooter three and D guys the rest of the way, right? That's, that's all you want. Three and D players, you know, uh, Danny Green in his prime kind of guys, right? Probably not Danny Green now, but Danny Green in his prime kind of players. That's a little hard to to get, right? Those those guys can be hard to come by, but they're even harder to come by when you have Harris on the books for 37.6 next year and 39.2 the year after. Nearly $77 million owed over the next two seasons uh, to Tobias Harris. So that's why, right? That that's a Let's move him. Let's break that contract mm-hmm. up into some pieces and let's let's go go a direction. It was, it was funny. I had somebody um, actually they sent me an email, which happens on occasion. They're like, wouldn't it make sense for the 76ers to trade trade uh, Tobias Harris, fully guarantee Danny Green and trade them for Russell Westbrook? No. And I was just like, no, that wouldn't make sense for the 76ers side of that. Like, we've already seen the Harden Westbrook yeah. thing didn't work. 
three. And then you're going to fat. Thanks, Joel Embiid. You will never touch the ball <laughs> unless it's an offensive rebound, right? Like that's not, but a there's going to be a lot of those to have. have. Oh, <laughs> a lot of offensive oh, yeah, probably. That is true. Good point. Now, if I was the Lakers, yes, oh, yeah. thank you. We accept uh-huh. and go. That's even with, I know Lakers fans don't really care for all that much for Danny green, but you oh, let no. Danny green kind of go out to Keith, it's come back around. Yeah. <laughs> it's come back. We've, we've yeah. gone full circle oh, now. No. Well, and and Lakers yeah. fans now, I'm telling you, this is the discussion that I'm seeing among Lakers Nation is is fans talking about. Gosh, can remember back when we had Danny Green and KCP and and that was the and that was the line and LeBron and, and AD. KCP had the no trade clause yep. and could block right and, and those those were the no. days and and people and then invariably somebody you know six seven eight comments down will say. What are you talking about? Everybody, everybody was trying to get rid of Danny Green, and they were so mad at him for missing that shot in Game Five, and all, all that kind of stuff. The good old days when everybody loved them when they won a championship yes. five minutes from yes. my house. Yep, <laughs> I love it. Um, in any in any event, we'll see what they can do. You mentioned skill set wise fitting. Yeah, you essentially instead of Tobias Harris, who's again close ish to what you're looking for, but instead of a Tobias Harris, you're looking for a Mikhail Bridges, a a Finney yeah. Smith and you know somebody like that yeah. that can just kind of be that role player that high level role player that's the better fit based on the personnel that the 76ers currently have with James Harden so um and I think you can get something mm-hmm. done for Tobias Harris provided you're willing to take maybe you take back one questionable yeah. deal um, coming back your way where it's a guy who maybe makes 10, 15 million dollars and should probably be a five or six million dollar guy and you kind of live with it and say right, we, we can you know, carry that one. It's just, you know, taking back, you know, another giant contract. That's probably not what they're looking to do. Cause I think they get shaping up where they're looking and saying, are we going to start building on our depth around these two guys? Because that's, that's, what's going to, what we're going to need. And the reality is, I mean, we already talked all about the Deandre Jordan stuff, but they got to nail down a good backup mm. center for next year. Um, because you just you can't build a team that's super shallow with those two guys, knowing they're probably a good bet to miss anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five games, you know, each in a season. So you just you just want to be really careful the way you build your roster. But I I mean Daryl Morey's done really well around the edges with players uh, over the years, so I, I trust that they'll figure it out. If I'm them, you know who I'm going after? It's, it's Robert Covington. Not necessarily in a Tobias Harris trade, but just as a as a piece. And I know they already had bring him. Bring him back. Bring, but bringing him yeah. back in, because then you've got a guy who can play the four if you want to, can back up at the five in a pinch if you need, can still give you the floor spacing mm-hmm. to take advantage of something. He'd be a really sure. interesting fit there. And again, I'm not saying you try to do some sign and trade with Harris or you know whatever, but just in terms of a guy who could fit and check some boxes for them, I, I think he would work real well there. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is if you move Harris and you can clear just enough, you could get to in range of using mm-hmm. the full mid-level, too, which would be, be I would assume, probably some level of goal uh, for them because you could wave Danny Green and then you get into, a, you know, uh, situations where, you know, without going too deep into it, but you could get into yeah. range if you make the right kind of kind of trade with, with Tobias Harris to, to do you know, something where you, you know, break that up, maybe don't take back quite as much money and go. So yeah, I, I think it's a, uh, you know, Philly kind of is, I mean, they'll add sounds like DeAndre Jordan. So they kind of are what they are for the rest of this year, but yeah, they're in a spot to be a pretty interesting team uh, that this summer, cause that's, we've been talking about it, right? It's, there's not a ton of 
good high-end free agents, but there are a lot of really good role players uh, available this offseason. Yep. And not a lot of money. So there might be some potential out there nope, to get some exactly. of these guys on a, yep, you're gonna get yeah, some on a bargain deal. Yep. Yeah, you might be able to even split up the mid-level, you know, at 10 million mm-hmm. bucks, split that into two good players for, you know, five apiece or six and four or something. Yeah, especially if they're coming off of a deep playoff run. They're going to be an attractive landing mm-hmm. spot. Yep, without a doubt. All right. I think that about does it for today. Appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office show. Turn on those notifications. And once again, follow us over on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star review. We definitely appreciate it. That really does help us out. Leave us a review as well. Go ahead and write some stuff to us. We'll read some of them here on the show. We really appreciate those. And of course, if you listen via other platforms, whether it's Spotify or whatever, you can follow us there and give us a rating there as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.